man, that was another tough night. A couple of tough nights in a row because you talk about the bad weekend and then you followed up with a bad Monday. Four losses in a row to begin the second half of the season for this Reds team. We're going to talk about a little bit about that game. I want to focus too much since I'm releasing this a little bit later on Tuesday, a little bit closer to game two of the Reds and Mets. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I want to focus on the message that David Bell sent to ownership. Plus, we've got Clay Snowden coming in talking about the Louisville Bats, how their season has gone so far, and if there's anybody else down there who could maybe come up and, I don't know, pitch out of the bullpen. We'll talk about that. All here coming up on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Before we get into all of that, though, let's roll that graphic. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in here to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me here today on another uh, recap of a loss and kind of looking at where the Reds are going, what, what all they need to do. It, it, it's been a frustrating couple of days here at the Locked On Reds podcast. Hopefully we've got wins coming here in the future because this Reds team needs to win more than they lose. Uh, well, before we get into all that, though, I wanted to let you know you can subscribe to the podcast right here on the YouTube channel. You can also follow me on the podcasting app that you're currently listening to. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone for comments, questions, reactions, whatever you've got. 513-549-0159. Also, something that I neglected to mention yesterday, but I wanted to let you know about today. Coming up less than a week from today, next Monday, the 26th at Fretboard Brewery, my favorite brewery around town here, me and Stephen Offenbaker, that's great English. Stephen Offenbaker and myself will also be joined by Mo Egger. We're going to do a live podcast that Monday night from Fretboard Brewery in Blue Ash. You can check him out and you can come watch and talk and and we'll have questions. We'll have trivia, que- trivia questions for you to answer. It's going to be a great night. You're not going to miss it. That's next Monday, the 26th at Fretboard Brewery. Myself, Stephen Offenbaker from the Reds Alert podcast. We'll kind of have like a crossover episode and we'll be joined by Mo Egger. All right. I, I wanted to get that out of the way because it's something I forgot to announce yesterday. But let's talk about uh, Monday. That was the Mondayest the Monday games that ever Mondayed. That was bad baseball. In fact, the Reds really benefited from a lot of great luck in the first couple of innings. They were handed pretty much seven runs in the first two innings. What are we doing? The fact that you get that many runs in the first two innings and you don't win is super frustrating. And it was a night of bad pitching by the Reds. Unfortunately, Goody was awful. That was a bad night for him. He really couldn't do anything in the strike zone. If he left anything in the zone, it got hammered. There was a lot of hard contact by the Mets. Obviously, when you have seven home runs on a game, 
That is just phenomenally bad by Reds pitching. But we're talking about a record for, I think, a tied record for the most home runs at Great American Ballpark in a single game. And that is saying something when you look back on the pitching staffs from like 2016, 17, and 18, and you've got the 2021 pitching staff uh, tying that record. So that was rough to see. The bullpen yet again blew up, though I understood the way that David Bell used it. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment, though. And and the lineup, great night for them. Jonathan India still showing his quality as a leadoff hitter. Absolutely on fire. His season on base above 400. As a leadoff hitter, it's around 430. He gets hit by another pitch. He leads the league in that. He absolutely just loves getting on base. I think he falls out of bed and gets on first. That's about how his day goes. That's how good he is at getting on base. And then Tyler Naquin with a great five-hit performance. And some really clutch hits. Tyler Stevenson is funny, too. If you look at that stat line, not a great day for him, but he reached on a couple of errors that the Reds scored on. Uh, Looking at Luis Guillaume for the Mets, filling in for Francisco Lindor. If you didn't see that video, the highlight of that, we can't play it here on the podcast, but you need to go check that out. He bobbles a ground ball, an easy double play ball, and as he's bobbling it, for some reason, he thinks that the best course of action would be to try and bat it to try and smack it to the third baseman to get an out. It, it looked absolutely horrendous, and uh, but the Reds benefited from it. So, hey, what do we care? It's just they could not hold on to that lead. From the fourth inning on, the Reds were outscored 12-3. to three. Just bad night at the ballpark for the pitching staff of the Reds, and it's just mostly attributed to that bullpen. Here's the thing, though. Because a lot of people were doing the whole, well, blame David Bell. That was a poorly ran game by the bullpen standards. And don't get me wrong. Later on in the game, he made some weird decisions of, you know, not putting in Castellanos in the 10th inning whenever you had show go up the bat and Joey Votto on third. And they could have pinch hit Castellanos and maybe hit the game winning RBI there. But they leave him or they leave Shogo up the bat. Shogo doesn't do anything. And then they bring Nick Castellanos into field in the 11th. That didn't make any sense. It it was a little bit weird, but the bullpen I understood, and this is why he was sending a message to leadership. He was sending a message to ownership of the Reds. I need help. I've been managing with this bullpen that is just a cobbled together garage sale items, like things that you do not bring home to mom and dad. These are the things that we're talking about here. That's what this bullpen has been cobbled together this offseason. They said, we don't want to pay Rysel Iglesias. We don't want to pay Archie Bradley. We're going to go get these guys for league minimum and claim them off waivers because I'm sure there's a reason that the other teams got rid of them. It's because they're really, really good, right? Uh, Yeah, probably not. So David Bell, this entire season, has somehow managed the Reds to the point where they are at least in the conversation for the NL Central with one of the worst bullpens around. I mean, we're talking about a team that that we're not unaccustomed to having bad bullpens, but the last time they had bad bullpens, they had a bad team, and they weren't trying to win. This is a year that you go for it, a year that you go for the playoffs, you go for the division, and so they set David up to fail. They set David Bell up to fail with this bullpen. So what does he do? One run game in the middle of the fifth inning. He brings in 
out of the bullpen to maintain that small margin for error, the guy they just called up from AAA earlier that day in RJ Alaniz. And what happened? He gives up the lead. Oh my. First inclination for most people were, what a terrible decision. Here's the deal. David Bell was saying, I look at this cobbled together bullpen that the front office has given me that you have told them that you give them that kind of a budget to get. And I'm looking at all of them. And the guy that I trust the most to hold on to a lead is the guy we just brought up from AAA. Because you guys need to get me some help if you're expecting anything out of this team. So I firmly applaud that move by David Bell last night, and I understood it. And we've talked about this before. I don't put that kind of a thing on a manager. The guys have to go out and make pitches. A pitcher has to go out and get outs. The manager doesn't do that. The manager calls on the guy that he thinks he can do it. He's been trying that ever since the All-Star break happened. And what happened? The bullpen gave up like 24 runs to the Brewers. Way, way, way too much. And here we are setting now four straight losses. The Reds are only a game ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals now in second place. And they are seven and a half games behind the Brewers. Things look bleak, but things are attainable if leadership agrees to go get them. And, and, and I wrote this down, and this is something that we're going to pretty much start off every segment because I understand that every time I tell you, hey, oh, hey, the lineup's good, your first thought is, but the bullpen's terrible. Or I say, oh, hey, Luis Castillo's back, and you're like, but the bullpen is terrible. So, disclaimer, going to read it for you because it was a lot. <clears throat> Any and all analysis and opinions that follow is with the express understanding that the Reds front office absolutely must go get some better relief pitchers for this team to achieve the level of success that we Reds fans deserve and believe is possible. No positive points of view are derelictions of understanding this one point and no reactions should assume I am unaware of this blatantly obvious fact. There is no more glaring need on any team in any sport than the bullpen for the 2021 Reds. And the front office has to do something now. You cannot wait for the trade deadline. They, it seems like they've been doing that. You can't wait any longer. If you want the Reds to be in the playoffs, you got to do something now, front office. All right, we're going to move on now. We're going to talk about the Louisville Bats. We're going to talk about how their season has gone. And I'm going to ask Clay Snowden. If he believes that there's any sort of uh, reinforcements that could possibly be coming up from Louisville. And no, I'm not talking about CNO Perez. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. Before we do, though, I want to let you know that the next time you need a part for your car, go over to rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need. And. They have reliably low prices, no matter your level of expertise, whether you are a professional mechanic or if you're just an amateur Joe that's trying to replace a taillight, you can find the reliably same low price that everybody else gets at rockauto.com. There's no price tiers. There's no markups or anything like that. They know exactly what their, their parts are worth, and they are the most reliably low prices in the industry. Check them out today at rockauto.com. And when you're in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. 
rockauto.com. And in the checkout section, type in locked on in the how'd you hear about us area. Rockauto.com has been family owned and operated for over 20 years, and they can help you find exactly the part that you're looking for for your car. Whether you are restoring an old classic Bel Air or you're just trying to put a brake pad on a Civic, rockauto.com has you covered. Rockauto.com. And in the checkout section, type in locked on to let them know that we sent you. Rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. All right, for this next segment, maybe segment or two, we'll see exactly how much we got going on here because I know we have a lot to catch up on. Finally getting our triple A update in because I'm so planned out and really have everything together so well. I did the minor league updates for the Reds, and uh, that was all in one week except for triple A. We're doing it this week because that makes all the sense in the world, right? Well, hey, it's my podcast, whatever. We're going to talk about the Louisville Bats today with Clay Snowden. He is always up on all things Louisville Bats, so we're going to welcome him in right now. Clay, how's it going, man? Hey, Jeff. Good to have you on today. We're going to talk about these Bats because they definitely got interesting over the last couple of weeks with a few call-ups. You got Hunter Green and guys like that. So where do the bats sit currently right now in their season? Yeah, so the bats have not been a very good team this year. And when they first got started, they had a lot of veterans that were just, I mean, it was amazing how bad they all ended up being. Nikki Delmonico, who you may remember from spring training, um, Cuthbert. Um, I mean, they just had numerous guys and a lot of guys who have been brought up in the bullpen now. Um, well, they and Dwight Smith as well. All those guys are out. They brought in some new guys, um, including Malik Smith, an outfielder who some people may know his name. Um, speed plus defense type guy um, who's adding some depth. He just cannot get the bat going. Um, but right now, I, I think the bats are playing a little bit better. They're, they may not be winning as many games or anything, but they've had a few prospects. As we all know, Chattanooga was stacked in the beginning of the year. Well, a few of those guys have made their way up to Louisville. And, I mean, for the most part, um, it's too small of a sample size to really say anything definitive but i mean i i really like what i've seen even behind the numbers and beyond the numbers uh, if you want to start with pitchers if you just look at at the pitchers in the louisville bats organization right now they started the season off with a lot of starters and some high you know some pretty high prospect guys gutierrez was called up um he just moments ago was sent back to louisville and we all know about tony being called up but this rotation has had some hit or miss type players like uh, Riley O'Brien, who has pitched well at times but hasn't been able to find the strike zone. And then it has just a bunch of names, to be honest with you. As I call them, Jags, just a guy. Um, as you know, Jeff, we were pretty excited about Brandon Finnegan and the spring training and just the story he could have been. And he hasn't really been able to do much in Louisville. Um, Carson Fulmer, these are the type of guys that have just kind of, you know, CNL Perez, Jose De Leon types that are falling out of favor. So the prospects have come in and they've pitched pretty well. Um, everyone's excited about Hunter Green. And Jeff, I'm not sure exactly what you think about Hunter Green so far, how many starts you've been able to see. What I see is the velocities there. Um, he's having a little bit of trouble at times locating the strike zone. 
He his walk numbers are pretty high right now. Let's see, it's 14 and 27 innings, but 34 strikeouts. Um, and as you as you know, Arm Layton, we talked to him and recently, and he was saying that he actually spoke to some people that faced Hunter Green, and they said, you know, it's fast, it's 103, but it doesn't have the most movement on it right now. So if you make contact, you can get a hit off of him. So honestly, I think he has a lot to iron out still. Um, his stats, 28 innings, 4.28 ERA. Um, I think he's been playing pretty well. I'm not in a rush to get him up. And everyone no. is you know, worried about this bullpen right now. Um, I know we've talked in a chat about this, but I'm kind of anti-bring up prize starter, put him in bullpen, because too many times they don't come back out. Um the red success in the next couple of weeks may change their plans or if they make a trade or not. Um, but in the perfect world of Hunter Green, I would like to see him develop the entire year in AAA, honestly. And I know that's really hard to say. And that's, that's probably, you know, a lot of people have a different opinion there, but I, I want him to get more innings. He's still so young. And the last thing I want to do is start calling up players when it's too early. Um, he still has plenty to work on. Well, and, and I think a lot of the noise too surrounding Hunter Green just comes from people who see the 103, the 104, see how fast he can throw. And they're like, well, put him in the bullpen right now. He's got to be better than what we have. The problem with that thinking is you also have his own ego and his own psyche when it comes to baseball to consider. I know that he is, he's definitely more mature than I have ever been and probably ever will be. So, Yes, he's he's definitely smarter than me, but I also don't want him to come up and just get blasted by a bunch of homers, giving up walks, not really dominating the way that we know he can because the expectations for him are through the roof. Like I, I've said this before, I look at Hunter Green and I see the chance to have like multiple Cy Youngs in his future. Dude is talented. He is smart. He's got a great athletic build he is not you know got some herky-jerky motion nice mechanics the kind of things that you look at for a pitcher who can pitch for a long time in this league from the starting rotation so if they bring him up and there's anything that damages that then I think that that's a terrible decision to make and I'm with you I, I believe that the Reds prioritized a environment of comfort for him but also an environment of progression comfort progression comfortable progression for him here in this 2021 season and I don't think that they should mess with that just based on the fact of well maybe he can come up and give the bullpen 10 or 12 really really good innings because the upside of that is not worth the possible downside in my mind so I I totally agree with you I think that unless it is a given which unless Nick Crawl and David Bell and Derek Johnson have like crystal balls and they can tell the future, they're not going to be able to know this, but unless it's a given that he comes up and just dominates, I want to see him work on his stuff in triple a, like you mentioned that walk rate. I mean, what is probably not even probably what is the number one complaint we've had about the Reds bullpen this year? Exactly. Too many walks. And if we're going to bring up Hunter green and he's just going to fall right into that mold of giving up walks, then that's not going to be good for him. And in the long run, that's not going to be good for the Reds. So I, I really want them to treat him with kid gloves. Uh, what has, so 
so we've we've definitely seen plenty of veterans really phase out the guys whose names we heard at the beginning of the offseason like who who is Chesler Cuthbert who is Nicky Delmonico even though he sounds you know like a mobster or something with, with those guys phasing out who has been the standouts who's been the guys that have really done what the bats needed them to do yeah, and if you just go to box scores or you look through the bat stats, what you're going to see is a lot of those type of what we call 4A guys. Um, the Reds have plenty of them right now. Um, Scott Heineman is no longer with the organization, but he was the perfect example. And you look at the stats, him and, uh, you know, like a Mark Payton, who I know also was recently doesn't ever assignment, but these are guys that are putting up stats in AAA but whenever they get called up, it's you, you realize why they're 27 years old and in AAA. Um, so some guys, we all know Max Schrock, right? He came up, had an electric day, provided a little bit off the bench. He's been hitting really, really well um, since his rehab assignment. 338, 378, um, three home runs. Uh, he has a little bit of pop, second base type. Um, other than that, we all know Aleo, Aleo Lopez. He's back in AAA now. He's a guy I could see kind of bouncing up and down depending on injuries and things like that. But, I mean, he has plenty of time. To, you know, he got a little bit of a taste, but he didn't get much playing time. Might as well just, I mean, at this point, just send him down if that's what the Reds want to do to get an extra arm or something. Of course, Jose Barrera, for, formerly Jose Garcia, is probably who everyone wants to hear about. He has been very good. Same situation with Hunter Green. And I know a lot of people say, call him up, call him up. These guys can improve the team right now. Well, I want to say what's more important, them developing for the future. If you want them to help right now in a two-month span, why not trade your eight or nine overall prospect and go out and acquire a guy who could fill in that need, and then you don't ruin the future of your top three guys, right? Trade someone who's lower in the prospect rankings to go out and get a guy that fills that need. Let the prospects develop. And yeah, like the eight overall guy who you trade may not ever pan out, but I want Jose Barrera to pan out. And he's hitting so well. He's walking more than he ever has. Still striking out some, flashing some power and flashing some glove as well. And then one other name I want to mention is TJ Friedel, undrafted free agent. He okay. has been very good this year. And I picture him as another guy. Like if, if he gets called up, whenever that may be, fans are going to love this guy. He's just like five foot ten, like kind of short. Um, pokes the ball around. He he's hit some home runs. Let's see. Um, he has hit five home runs, two eighty two slash three eighty slash four forty. He's he's not striking out a ton. He's he's walking some. I like him a lot in a plus fielder in the outfield. That's not too bad at all. I I would enjoy seeing him. I feel like there's a couple of guys who. Uh, might be a little bit vulnerable when it comes to guys like TJ Friedel and, and with Barrero, I same deal, comfortable progression. That's what I want the Reds to focus on with him because I think it's a given you're going to see him next year. I think it's almost a given you're going to see Hunter Green next year and almost a given so far as he can get the blister problem under control that we see Nick Lodello next year. So don't mess that up for a couple of months here where the Reds have such a thin margin for error like the front office just needs to go and make 
some moves and get some rentals to fill in that hole if that's what they really, truly need. I totally agree with you there. Got a couple of more thoughts. I want to ask you about some guys who could possibly help out the bullpen. And we got to talk about this Gutierrez situation. We'll talk about that here in just a minute, though. Before we get into that, I wanted to let you guys know that you can download the Spotify Green Room app on your iOS device or on your Android device and join me this week. Look, I know here recently I've been pretty bad about doing Spotify green rooms because, well, I haven't done it for a few weeks. But this Thursday, we're going to have a green room talking about this Reds team, venting, hopefully celebrating a couple of wins over the Mets as it's their first off day other than the All-Star break in like a month and a half. So we've got an off day green room coming up on Thursday. So get that Spotify green room app on your phone, create your account, link it to your Twitter and follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's just like my Twitter handle makes it easy. And you can get notified when I go live. You can also talk with other, uh, podcasters, media types. You've got some athletes on there, a bunch of fans talking about all of the big news in sports, whether it's Major League Baseball or the NBA, the NHL, the NFL coming up, Spotify Green Room. As I always like to say, it's the conference call you want to be on because they're talking about sports. Check out the Spotify Green Room app today on all of your devices and join the new way of talking sports. All right, let's uh, finish this up here, talking about the bats and, and and talking about the relation of the players that have been on the bats to and how they could help the Reds, Clay. Because when I look at this, there's a couple of names, and, and we hear uh, Philip Deal a little bit. Um, I, I constantly think of the guy that the Reds got for Cody Reed and Riley O'Brien. Uh, there's just been some dudes that we haven't seen yet. We just finally got the chance to see Edgar Garcia. And I don't want to really count RJ Alanese because we've already seen him in years past. That's not really anything that I'm interested in, but is there anyone that at least I'm I'm not going to say moves the needle to the point that you're talking about playoffs, but somebody who could come up and at least give a little bit of a spark, maybe like a Ryan Hendricks type spark Yeah, last night, so- notwithstanding. So there's nobody that truly moves the needle. Um, There are some players who at least deserve to get a shot and just, you know, that's what they've been doing all year, right? The Carson Fulmers of the the world. Um, One guy who Reds fans may know, and this is interesting. This isn't necessarily somebody who I think will happen, but definitely someone to keep an eye on is Nick Howard. He was the 2014 first-round pick by the Reds, and he pretty much was out of baseball. Well, he's back, and he just got called up to the bats, I either think today or yesterday. And this year, he's pitched 22 games to a 2.25 ERA in AA. So I think he's a guy, and he's 28 years old. There is no let's just wait around let him develop with him. Like He's, he's right. probably what he's going to be. He's a guy who, if you want to just give him a shot at this point, I don't think he's going to need a ton more, like I said, developed time. So that's just at least a name to keep, you know, as interesting. Um, Ari Moretta is a guy, 25-year-old, and he's very interesting to me. Um, his career, I mean, he's had 151 games in the minors, 3.41 ERA. Well, this year, 1.19 ERA, and he's just been awesome. Uh, 30 innings, 42 strikeouts. He's a guy, another one of those, you know, I always look at age whenever you get up around this point. 
21, I'm like kind of like, okay, well, maybe he needs some more time. When you get up towards that 24, 25, 26, 27 range, you think, okay, it's not ridiculous to think that he could, you know, start to get a shot, especially when you have 229 innings pitched in your minor league career. Now, you mentioned Philip Deal. That's a lefty. And he fits into that 4A category, Jeff, for me. I mean, he's one of those guys you get excited because you haven't seen him really. Um, 2.22 ERA this year, 39 strikeouts, 28 um, innings. But his major league career has only been 13 innings. Um, but he hasn't pitched very well. And he's bounced around like many of these Reds' arms. Um, why not, though? I mean, seriously, the guy's earned a shot. And if you're going to move people, you have to – to me, it's like, okay, is he worse than some of these arms that they've thrown out? And I find it hard to believe that he could be worse than some of them. And the last name I'll leave you on, and this is fun, but also, like, I don't really it, – it's not that serious. But Tim Adelman. Tim Adelman, as everybody <laughs> remembers, former Red, is back with the Louisville Bats. Um, he really hasn't pitched much, uh, only 14 innings, 12 games, but a 2.57 ERA, 12 strikeouts. Um, he's just a fun guy to, to remember. But seriously, I don't know why they brought him back and why he pitches so little. He'll just randomly come into a game, then take a week, 10 days off. But, um, yeah, and as, as much of a joke as this is about Tim Adelman, really it just shows you how little – help there is in triple a and honestly how little help there is at the you know almost i'm doing air quotes for those on the podcast almost ready mlb people um this this farm system is not ready to start filling in for you know players who may fall out of the reds and that's the scary part and that's where you know when you look at the trade market you Look for those type of trades where you acquire maybe a guy to play for the Reds right now, but maybe in a package deal, you also bring back some closer to ready type talent. Right now, the Bats roster has players who they thought would be there Alfredo Rodriguez, you know, people like that, and around that, Brantley Bell and stuff. Like these guys are, I, I don't see it really. Alfredo's been better than he has been in the past, but still, I, I, I just don't think that he's an MLB player. I think it's funny, and and maybe this is a little bit of a preview for one of the trivia questions at fretboard next Monday. But uh, we we could uh, remember is it 2016 or 2017 that Tim Adelman led the Reds in innings pitched? I think it was 2017. I can tell you, it is 2017. <laughs> it's just a it's such a random thing because then like the next year he goes off and pitches in Korea. It's that was how crazy those pitching staffs were for the Reds during those years. And we're seeing bullpen numbers that are comparable. It's, it is, it is a thing, but man, we, we got it. We're getting close to time here, but I do want to touch on this because it literally just happened as we were getting ready to talk today about these bats. The bats got Vladimir Gutierrez back. The Reds have sent him down and called up Ashton Goudeau, which there's a little bit of me that says, okay, well, they used everybody in the bullpen last night, so maybe they just needed somebody. But then again, why is it Ashton Goudeau? Because I think we know what Ashton Goudeau is, and it's not that good. But do we see Gutierrez back after the minimum stay in AAA? Because, yeah, he had a bad game this last outing, but overall he's pitched pretty decently. Yeah, I, I would say he's back. And um, 
if, if you listen to some other baseball podcasts, they've kind of touched on him a little bit. Uh, Rates and Barrels is one that kind of touched on him in the beginning, then actually mentioned him, I think, today or yesterday. Just about like his outside numbers aren't nearly as good. I, I know that you touched on that, I think, yesterday yeah. or maybe, maybe Friday's episode. Um, I, I think that he's the type, though, that can develop in the MLB. And I think he, I mean, he's at the point he needs to be in the MLB. Um, I don't want to see Jeff Hoffman taking innings from him or um, I guess, you know, if it's, I want pr- pretty much that last starter spot. I want either Tony Santion to be in there or Vlad, Vlad. I don't want to see any of these other cast offs trying to recreate career type players getting starts um, because honestly it, it's, it's time for those guys to step up and fill in. And, you know, if, if this team starts, I, I don't want to get down this road, but if the team were to start to kind of fall off some, you could see a few of these starters get traded, and then you're going to have all those guys, you know, filling in. So to me, I, I, I want to see Vlad up as soon as possible. I definitely agree with you there. I I thought it was a bit of a surprise. Like You can kind of explain it as to getting an extra bullpen arm, but I definitely agree with you that he should be at – Pretty much, maybe not for his next start because I think he's got to be down for 10 days, but maybe for the start after that, Jeff Hoffman maybe does get one more. I was thinking that tonight was going to be like pitch once and you're done type thing for Jeff Hoffman, but it looks like it might be at least one more time. Clay, man, I appreciate you coming on. How can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, so I'm at Clay underscore Reds, and um, I'll be doing some writing. I've this is my third season with Locked On doing the the writing side of it. So um, I should have an article coming out in about a week or so. It's funny how time flies, but yeah, you can definitely follow Clay. He's got a got a, he's got a lot of great stuff when it comes to the bats. He has been all over Dowry Moretta. I'm looking forward to maybe hopefully seeing him later on this season. And and Nick Howard, man, that's that's a name, a blast from the past, a easy like put him on a bust list for the Reds because he's never even made it to the majors. Maybe now he can change that narrative. I don't know. I mean, you know, he's just coming back off of a little bit of a layoff of not playing in the minors. So that's probably a pipe dream, but I'd love to see a little bit of a redemption story for him. Maybe he takes that redemption story. We all thought Brandon Finnegan was about to take. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think Finnegan's going to get a shot this year. And honestly, um, for, for Brandon's sake, I, I, I think it's probably better if he goes to a different organization, try something else. I don't know what the deal is with the Reds, but, um, he looked good in the beginning of the year in spring training and even at the alternate site when I saw him pitch, but hasn't really got a shot. Oh, well, well, we shall see how the rest of the season unfolds. Clay, I appreciate you coming on again. We'll have you on again soon. Thanks. All righty, and that's going to do it for us here today on the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. Make sure that you follow the podcast on your favorite app and you subscribe right here on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. But that'll do it for us here today. Tomorrow, we'll get a lot more for you. I talked about maybe looking at some relief pitching options today, but that got pushed back. Maybe tomorrow is that what we're going to look at. Plus, we're going to talk about Jeff Hoffman and what the start might be. And oh yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about Jeff Hoffman. That's going to be interesting. Anyway, that's all on tomorrow's podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening today. Now, go check out the Locked On MLB podcast hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. He's got a wealth of knowledge, both 
both present and past of Major League Baseball, and he imparts it to you each and every day. That's the Locked On MLB podcast, wherever you get your podcast. But as for the Locked On Reds podcast, I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. <laughs>